Good morning, church. We're the Hossmans. I'm Dan. This is my wife, Krista. And we're normally 815ers, and my son inherited. When he gets hungry, he gets tearful. So he's back with Grandma right now. Um, I'm going to talk a little about my background in the church. I was actually raised in this church. I was baptized here, confirmed in this church. I've been a member of this church for about 21 years. I've had the benefit of having a lot of love from people in this church through Sunday school, R Day, Vacation Bible School. All of those resources were a wonderful part of my upbringing in this church. This church has also been wonderful for my parents and family. So as members of Sunday school classes, they had the support of other Christians who were going through similar experiences and life struggles, and they were able to support each other with the love of God. My introduction to Church of the Messiah was through meeting Pastor Bob Ball. He married us in 2015, and we struggled finding a church home during our first couple years of marriage. We moved around every year. Um, once we moved back from Cincinnati in 2019, we began to regularly attend Church of the Messiah. And then, of course, 2020 happened. When the church had to close its doors, I was lucky enough to be invited by my mother-in-law, Diane, to the daily Bible study through Zoom. As everyone struggled through uncertainties, this Bible study provided stability, grace, love, and a space for me to be vulnerable. I experienced the power of prayer through this group, the support they offered without even knowing me, which was extremely welcoming as Dan was being deployed to New York City to work in a COVID hospital unexpectedly. So 2020 was a tough time on all of us, even in medicine, they closed our clinic down and I kept getting emails about you're potentially going to get deployed and then I was notified I was going to be mobilized and three hours later I was on site to go. So we got on a plane, ended up in Fort Dix, New Jersey, and then got thrown into quarantine. Uh, to say it was a time of frustration might be a little bit of an understatement. Uh, there was instability between not being with my wife, not having our job, and then we couldn't help people because we were in quarantine at that time. And so I just prayed to God, during this time away from my family, please allow me to be a tool of yours to support and help other people. So for the next uh, two months, I ended up working as an inpatient hospitalist and probably the hardest hit hospital in the country for COVID in the South Bronx of New York City. During that time, I was also blessed to have the support of this church through the Zoom Bible studies. So even though I was away, I was able to connect with the church. On a Saturday, it was kind of bittersweet. I had a graduation that I was missing. Um, and instead, I was at a lunch with one of the docs who was there, and she made a comment to me, you guys were such a blessing for us over the past two months. You showed up, you gave us support in a time at need when we were all struggling, and so thank you. So I felt that was a prayer answered by God that we were able to help those who needed it. When Dan came back from New York City, we decided to start the journey of growing our family. I work in the NICU where I see that pregnancy is difficult and there's complications and it, you never know how it's going to go. I've been praying for years about trusting God, letting go of fears related to expanding our family and began asking for prayers for fertility through prayer cards. During this time, we found out Dan was getting deployed again in 2021. It was coming down to about two months before he was being deployed, 
and going to Kuwait. And on June 5th, we were walking out of church and Pastor Jim said, something really special is happening. And he knew we were trying to expand our family. And he said, God is always performing miracles. It gave me chills. It made me cry on the spot. And that night we found out we were expecting. Fast forward and we now have William, which Grandma is graciously holding right now. Um, we continue to pray for us or pray on our prayer cards and ask for prayer weekly. Their faithfulness in prayer has been an incredible gift from Church of Messiah and is a constant reminder of God's impact on our lives. Thank you to my mother-in-law for the invitation, the Zoom Bible study group, the prayer team, the prayer shawl that continues to bless us with comfort and peace, and a church that's welcoming to young families. Church of Messiah has always been the people. You guys have continued to support one another. You've fostered me throughout my entire walk with God, and you've continued to be a blessing in my family as we continue to grow. We pray that the family will continue to grow, as in the church family, and that depends on all of the members of the church continuing to be a blessing to others. We pray that other families are able to experience the love of God that you guys have continued to show us, and that you continue to be a blessing on other people. Thank you guys for all the support that you've had or given us, and God is good. Thank you, church, for making stories like the Fossilmans possible. Thank you. It's an honor to serve with you and to be among you. We're coming now to a time where we get to say thank you back to God for all that God has so richly blessed us with, for all the things that God does, for the way that God gives of who God is and what God has, so that we have life and that we experience love and grace. So you're invited now um, to give to the ministries of the church that support our young families, that support our singles and our couples and everybody in between. Um, all of us are God's family together, and we can only do this work together. So you're invited to give. Um, not out of a sense of obligation, not because you have to. There's no guilt from up here saying, do this. This is a thing that we get to do together. So let's give back to God um, in this time as we present to God our tithes and our offerings. Um, I think our kids are going to help us usher. So give us just a minute. Our music's going to start. Yes. And then the ushers will come forward when the ushers are in position. Ushers, you can come forward when you're ready. Yeah. We have one of our young pianists to do the offertory today. So, Ian, you want to come on up? And I'm going to do something we rarely do here. I'm going to open the lid.
Holy God, it is a gift to be simple. And so we come simply bringing our offerings and gifts, remembering that everything we have and all that we are comes from you. We simply ask that you would show us the best ways to be your people with these gifts so we can share your story wherever we go. We ask it in the name of our Christ. Amen. piece of paper and a sucker, would you come up? Number one can come right here. Two next to him. Who's got two? Who has two on your sheet? Are you two? Come on over. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. These brave souls are helping us bring the word of the Lord this morning, which comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. This is the commandment the rules and regulations that God, your God, commanded me to teach you to live out in the land you're about to cross into to possess. This is so that you will live in deep reverence before God lifelong, observing all his rules and regulations that I am commanding you, you and your children and your grandchildren, living good, long lives. Nine. Listen obediently, Israel. Do what you're told so that you have a good life, a life of abundance and bounty, just as God promised in a land of abounding in milk and honey. And tension, Israel. God, our God. Your whole heart. Love him with all 
that's in your love with with all of you. Write these commandments that I've given you today <clears throat> on your hearts. Get them inside of you and then get them inside your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you got you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. And all God's people said, Amen. I felt a lot recently like maybe I could just go home after this you know <laughs> like they've, pro they've proclaimed the word of the Lord and I'm really really thankful for that friends will you pray with me God I thank you for this church family I thank you for the heart that each one here in this space has for you I thank you for the desire that each person in this place has to know you better God I hope and I pray that the words of my mouth and everything that we think and we hear and we experience as we continue to worship you might give you honor and glory. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I do this thing um, every time my kids and I get out of the car. Um, and kiddos, you can tell me, you can talk to me uh, while I say this part of the sermon, okay? You can talk to me actually all the time. That's just fine, too. Um, I have to give my kids some rules, some ground rules for when we go into a place. So pretty much every time we get in the car, we have a conversation. This is where we're going. These are the rules. Um, this is how I'm expecting you to behave. And if you behave this way, then probably there's going to be a treat. And if you don't behave this way, there's going to be a consequence. So um, one of the best things that happened for me, I will say, in COVID is that the curbside pickup happened. Um, and so this is the thing I dreamed about as a young parent. I don't know parents out there if that was the same for you. Um, but when we do actually have to go into a grocery store or go into Target, there's rules like stay near the car, don't touch anything. But the number one rule is we're only getting what is on the list, right? Maybe some of y'all as grown-ups have to set that expectation for yourself too. Like you're only allowed to get what's on the list. So that's when we go into the grocery store or into Target. When we go into somebody's home, it's furniture is for sitting. That's one. Furniture is for sitting. Um, don't touch anything. Keep your voice low and put everything back where you found it. And if we're going into church, if they're coming here, it's no running. Keep your hands to yourself. Please remember, I work here. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things we do. So it's pretty much, to sum, it, to sum it all up, it's don't run, keep your hands to yourselves. Um, remember, I work here. Those are the things that are most important. Kids, what rules do your grown-ups give you when you go into a place? Does anybody want to tell me? Do you have any rules? All right, I know you all have rules. Yeah, Lydia, what's, what's your rule? Your dad can tell me what he's... Be good. All right. All right, are there any, any other rules that you hear from your grown-ups? Be kind, all right. You all got some good grown-ups, yes. Don't make it explode, all right. <laughs> I feel like these are, these are decent expectations. That's totally fair. That's totally fair. 
my kids need reminders. We need reminders, right? Because we're human beings and we just, we need somebody to help us sort of frame and give some parameters. Um, we need reminding. And so that's what Moses is doing in this passage from Deuteronomy. Um, how well do y'all know the story of Israel? How well do we know this story? Okay, so if you don't know the story super well, let me just do a big picture rundown. So about 40 years before um, this particular passage of Scripture happens, um, the Israelites are rescued by God from slavery in Egypt. Are we tracking so far? Okay, so this is something that they have been praying about for 400 years. And so finally they get to start this journey toward freedom. And at the start of the journey, they form a special uh, agreement with God. In, Bi in the Bible, it's called a covenant. And what the agreement says is that God will give them, the Israelites, a promised land, and God was going to protect them. So they would be called God's people, they would get protection, and they would get a home. And then in turn, they would live like they were God's people. They would keep God's laws. That was the, their end of the bargain. But do you all remember what happens? What happens? They get, the, they get the rules. They get the Ten Commandments. What happens? They break the rules, don't they? <laughs> as soon as they get the rules, they break the rules. Do you all, um, kiddos, when you go into the store after you've gotten the rules, do you like pretty much immediately break the rules sometimes? No. Well, y'all are perfect baby angels, but my kids sure do. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's why if you hear this story about wandering in the desert for 40 years. That's why they wander in the desert. So, you know, when you get a rule and you get told this is what happens if you do it, this is what happens if you don't, you get a consequence, right? And so the natural, con they're not getting punished, it's just the natural consequence for what happens when you don't do what you're supposed to do. I'm not going to ask y'all about your consequences today, okay? You can tell me after church if you really want to. So the consequence is the next generation of Israelites, they're the ones who gets to see the promised land, okay? So that's what's happening here. And so finally, it's been 40 years. The next generation of people is born. They're ready to go into the promised land. Moses doesn't even get to go. I don't know if y'all remember that, but he doesn't get to see the promised land. But he is the one who's sort of coaching them. He's the one who is, who is helping them to remember He's reminding them about the rules before they go in. And so what he's doing in this passage is reminding them of what God has done. And he's reminding them of what God has promised to do. And he's also reminding them about who they are. And also about what they have promised to do. And so Moses is just saying to them over and over in Deuteronomy, remember who God is, remember God's law, remember God's love, and keep on remembering Keep on remembering who you are and what you've promised to do. And the best way to remember is to teach these truths to your kids. Teach them to your kids. And we have to stop here and remember that Moses has to say this stuff for a reason, right? He has to say this stuff because somewhere along the way, someone didn't. Or if someone did say it, it didn't get said or taught in a way that the folks listening could really, really understand. So this generation, what's happened is that they have lost sight of who they are, and they've also lost sight of whose they are, and so they need someone to tell them again. And I wonder if that's some of us here in this space today. I wonder if some of us children of God, we've forgotten who we are, and I wonder if we have forgotten whose we are. 
If that's you today, I want you to be gentle with yourself and remember that it's really, really easy to lose sight because there are lots of competing narratives out there in the world, aren't there? There's lots of stories that people are telling you about who you are and who you should be. You're a consumer, and so what you should do is you should consume, and then you get defined by how you spend your money. Or you are a voter, and so you should vote, and then you ought to be defined by who you vote for and how you vote. If you are a spouse or a parent or a friend or a sister or a brother or a child, that's who you are, and you should be defined by that relationship. If you're a working person or a retired person, you should be defined by how you spend your time. Are there things in your life that are competing to define you first? There's a 24-hour news cycle. There's constant social media, and there's constant social pressure. And so it's really easy for us to lose sight of who we are and who we belong to. So just in case that's you today, I'll just be Moses for you, but just for a second. You belong to God. You always have, and you always will. And you're loved by God for who you are, for your present, but also for your past and also for the future. There is no story that captures this truth better than this truth, that there's a God out there who loves people just for who they are, and, and, that there's a God out there who calls people into a richer and a fuller life than the one that they're living now, called to a love of God that transcends their wildest imagination. Everybody needs this kind of reminder. You need it, and I need it, and most of all, friends, our kids need it. Our kids need it. And you're going to hear me say kids, but really what I mean is anybody who's around 18 or under. Our kids need it. I've been listening and getting to know y'all over the past four months that I've been one of your pastors. And, and I'm trying to really listen and hear your stories because God gave me two ears and one mouth. And so... One of the things that y'all have been telling me over and over again as we walk, as we sit around tables, and as we eat food together is um, that y'all have a heart for kids. I hear this passion and this compassion that you have for kids. You tell me things over and over like, we want kids here. We want their grown-ups here. We want to take care of them. We want to nurture them in faith. And this is not something that y'all are just saying to me. This is something that you really mean, I can tell. That you have a heart and that you have a passion for the next generation. And I've seen you show up in so many ways. Before I showed up here as one of your pastors, you were already doing things like paying off school fees for kids who had no other means to meet that bill. Or you show up and prepare food and play dodgeball on choir nights for kids. You are regularly there for Sunday school. You're in prayer for kids in our school districts throughout the year. I could go on and on. What I also know about being a parent with young kids at home, and I have lots of friends who are parents with young kids at home, is that, is that this generation is outside the church. That's anecdotal evidence from my own life, but is it true in your lives as well? that you're connected to a lot of people with kids 18 and under who are outside the church. They're not connected to a community of faith. I heard a staggering number uh, just recently from a faith-based organization here in Westerville. At best, 
Maybe two in 10 kids in the Westerville School District are in church in some form in a given week. Two in 10. So we've got just under 15,000 kids in our school district. It's 14,954, if we're going to be exact. So do the math there. It's under 3,000 kids who are connected to a house of faith. That's just Westerville. And our, our, our church reaches Olentangy and Worthington, and there are other school districts that y'all uh, uh, represent. But just think about the natural consequences. If you want to talk about consequences for a second, the consequences of the pandemic, consequences of how life is changing, of how society is changing, how the church is changing. Think about the consequences of what might happen when we're not careful to tell the story in as many ways as we can with as many people as we can. But there's also hope. I don't want us to get down in the dumps here. There's hope because our kids are curious. The same organization shared with me that kids are curious about the Bible in ways that they never have been before. They're curious about who God is, and they want to know what it might mean for them if they were to follow Jesus. Friends, we've got an opportunity here as a church. There's an assumption out there that only primary caregivers are the ones responsible for helping instruct kids in faith. And that's fair to a certain extent. But y'all who are primary caregivers, can you be the only ones who do this work of raising a child in faith? No. I'm a pastor married to a pastor, and it's exhausting for me. <laughs> we promise to the kids when they are baptized to be their church family. We promise to tell them their story when they've forgotten it. We promise to tell them about who God is when they don't remember. We promise to tell them the story if they've never heard it before. Having a community of adults who love and care about a child, that can make all the difference in their life. I'm, I'm just curious. You know, Messiah has been around about 207 years. I'm really curious about what it might mean for us here at Messiah to be the folks who remind a generation of who, a generation that really needs God, to remind them who they are and also whose they are. Someone has to share the story with them, friends. And I wonder, I'm just curious, what would it be like if it continued to be us? We're already doing so many incredible things to reach out to and to love young families and their children. And I wonder what our next faithful step might be, what our next place of willingness might be, if we would be willing to surrender some of the discomfort that we have, that we don't have the skills or the time to finally show up and teach that class or show up at vacation Bible school or volunteer in the nursery or something that God has laid on your heart that you are dreaming. I wonder what your yes might do to build our capacity to continue to reach people. I wonder what might happen if we were willing to listen to the people who have young kids and listen to them deeply about why they're not connected to a church. I wonder if we operated with our two ears and our one mouth and listened, and then we're willing to take a next step based on what we hear. I wonder what would happen if we were willing to go to them instead of demanding that they come to us. I wonder what would happen if we set aside some of our own personal preferences, the non-essentials about how church should be, so that we can make space for people who aren't here yet. I wonder the thing that God is putting on your heart right now that God might be calling you to do. Friends, I think we're up for the challenge. 
I think we're up for the challenge of helping our kids and our families to remember who they are and whose they are. I think this is something that God has called us to. And I'm really thankful that I get to be along for the ride. Thanks be to God.